back there, but thank you for doing that. Uh, thank the media team. They work really hard back there. And uh, most times the media team goes unnoticed. The best sound man you never know is back there. You know why? Because nobody ever notices the sound until something goes wrong. <laughs> until something squeaks or something hollers. I think somebody turned the mic. Did the mic get turned off again? Or it's fading in and out. My battery may be going out, so I'll just keep this at the ready. That's fine. Um, but we're not going to stop today. We have a powerful lesson to teach on spiritual warfare, starting at Colossians chapter 2. Um, and we're going to be reading several scriptures today as we talk about prayer and spiritual warfare. I do want to tell you about this. Um, this, I'm going to have uh, some of the guys hand these out after service. Uh, I am going to be reading the Bible, uh, the New Testament, in 90 days. And this is the plan to read the New Testament in 90 days. And I thought it would be awesome for our church family to go along with us. So um, this sheet gives a charted path of how to read the New Testament in 90 days, about three chapters a day. Everybody can use a little spiritual growth. Amen? Amen. And just to see, you can even, when you're done, you can write a little check mark to make yourself feel good about the fact that you're done. Those are all good things. We want to do whatever we can to promote spiritual growth. Amen? Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 6, uh, 2, verses 6 through 15. They don't have it on the screens back there. There they go. All right. So let's start reading. We're going to do two different scriptures today, starting at Colossians chapter 2, 6 through 15, and then Second Corinthians 11, 1 through 4. Are you ready? Let's read. Therefore, as you have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. Human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith and powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all our trespasses by canceling our record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to his cross, he disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to shame by triumphing over them in him. Now, 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. We are a Bible-believing church, so we'll be a Bible-reading church. Amen? This is where our topic, part of our topic comes from today. Let's read. I wish you would bear with me a little foolishness. Do bear with me. For I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure version to Christ. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve, by his cunning, your thoughts may be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus, somebody say another Jesus. 
other than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you will put up with it readily enough. I'm going to read that last scripture because it's going to talk about our topic today. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus, say another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, <laughs> you, put, you put up with it readily enough. Today, by these scriptures, other related scriptures and aid of the Holy Spirit, I want to preach to you from this topic today, the puppet king. The puppet king. You may be seated in the presence of God. God, speak your servants. Listen in Jesus' name. We're talking about spiritual warfare and spiritual warfare has some similarities to regular warfare and as i begin to pray and god begin to show me this he showed me some things and as i begin to think about the birth of jesus i thought about herod and one of the reasons that herod was not popular among the people when herod was was there is because herod wasn't considered a real jew Herod wasn't considered a real ruler of the Jews because he was put under because of the military rule of Rome. And one of the tactics of Romans and tactics of many people in warfare, when they do not have enough people to rule you, what they will do is they will leave your government in place. They will leave your systems in place, but what they will do is they will take somebody who is really on their side and put them in places of authority. They will put them in places and spaces where they make decisions and it looks like they are ruling you and making them, making them on your behalf, but what they are really doing is making decisions by, on the behalf of the enemy. In other words, the reason people didn't like Herod is because Herod was a puppet king. He was a king given authority by an oppressing enemy that they put inside of Israel. And the reason they put him there was because if you can control the head, you can control the whole body. Well, pastor, what, 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 what does this have to do today with spiritual warfare? I've, I've come to tell you this morning because many times we look for Satan to come with pitchforks and forky tails and all of those things. But many times Satan's tricks and spiritual warfare are not covert but, uh, or overt, but they are covert. In other words, Satan has realized something that many enemies today have realized that if they cannot attack you from without, They'll learn how to attack you from within. Oh, Satan is cunning and Satan is, is wise in what he does. And he has decided many times throughout the millennia to try to attack the church from the inside. And many of his attacks are not huge because when the enemy comes in, in a big way, you will lift up a, a, a defense against him. But many of the attacks of the enemy happen by erosion. What do you mean? He doesn't take you from straight from Christianity to apostasy. But what he does is he puts up a puppet king in the midst of the people. He puts up a puppet person in the midst of the people. Leaders among the people he lets come in that look like they're saved. That look like the Holy Ghost filled. They look like they're fire baptized. And what they do is they begin slowly to pervert the message of Jesus Christ. They slowly begin to pervert the message of the gospel. And they say things that sound good, but they put other things inside. And before you know it, your whole worldview is changed. 
Think about the things that weren't acceptable in the body of Christ even 20 years ago that not only are acceptable in some houses of worship, but are promoted and affirmed. Why is that? Because in our pulpits, we have a lot of puppet kings. <laughs> we have a lot of people who look like pastors and they act like pastors, but they are not teaching the true unadulterated word of God. And Satan is using them to fleece the flock. Satan is using them to teach life skills and life coaching and teach philosophy across our pulpits without teaching the word of God so he can dull our senses like a frog in water. You cannot put a frog in boiling water because he will hop out. But if you put a frog in lukewarm water and slowly turn up the heat over time, that frog will burn itself to death because the changes were so subtle that it did not realize that his atmosphere was changing to something that was completely different than what he was used to. And I'm afraid today in the body of Christ that if you look at many churches across America, if you look at many pulpits across America, just like Paul was worried about 2,000 years ago here it is today that we find many things that look like church <coughs> they sound like church but they're not really church one of the ways that you can put up a defense against these things is to make sure that you're holding true to the truth of God's word. One of the tactics of the enemy, as we know, is to remove the rightful rulers and put in place a puppet government. We saw that today, not too long ago, that we see in Russia that they are trying to have fake elections in Russia to put in a puppet government to move the things that they want to do. And many times that we are trying now in the church to pull down those who are righteous, to pull down those who are living for God, to pull down those that are sincere, and we flock to those who are popular. We flock to those who look the part. We flock to those who sound the part, but we run from those who act the part. We run from those who preach the part. We run to those. If you, you, you don't believe me, look at some of the followership of some people that are good preachers in their own right. They're good with their homiletical skills, but many times their doctrine is wrong. And, and we falsely assume that popularity and spiritual authority are the same, and they are not. Because you are on TV, because you have a bunch of followers, does not mean that you have spiritual authority. It just means that you have popularity and there's nothing wrong with being popular but there is a problem with being popular if you are not biblical and true to the word of God and we must be on alert for these things because the enemy is sliding into the things we watch. The, you'll find him in subtle little moves and guests on different shows, on TBN, on Daystar, on YouTube, or wherever you go, that we are in a world where we're constantly worrying about influencers. We're in a world where we're, we're constantly worried about people influencing the kingdom and, and, and influencing people with their opinions, and people are stuck on opinions and not worried about the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
The enemy is slick. And in the day of the podcast and the influencer, we have access to many opinions and trains of thought. If you get on TikTok for more than 10 minutes, you can find somebody that will tell you why Christians are false. I'm an ex-pastor. I'm an ex-pastor's wife. Or I'm a deconstructionist. And this is why I don't like the church. And many people who don't know the truth are listening to those people and being led astray from people who've had experiences that have made them bitter and turned that into a theology and there are many people that are falling away from the faith because they will not endure sound doctrine paul said that in the last days men will no longer endure sound doctrine but they will heap upon themselves teachers that will tell them what their itching ears want to hear I remember when I was growing up, we preach grace and we preach the grace of God, but we also say that I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I must mortify the deeds of the flesh. They both go together. We still need to be preaching. Shall we continue, therefore, in sin that grace abound? God forbid. There was a time when, when, we, when we sinned, we would at least try to hide it. When we were living together, we would at least try to hide it. When we were doing drugs, we would at least try to hide it. If we were fornicating, we would at least try to hide it. If we were sexually immoral, we would at least try to hide it. But now people come in the church and they're as bold as they want to be. Why? Because there is no conviction. Because as Paul says, we are preaching another Jesus. Paul said that you have received, verse 6, verse 6 is a good verse to stop at. He said, therefore you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Everybody said, walk in him. It does no good to profess Jesus, but not to live in Jesus. And once you have been saved by grace through faith, you, it's up to you to make a cognitive decision to be crucified and dead to sin. What does that mean? That Christ has made me alive and seated with me with him in heavenly places. Now I make the conscious choice to abandon sin in my life. I don't use grace as an excuse to live any kind of way. I don't live, use grace as the the excuse to do what I want to do. He said that you should walk in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. I like the word he says there, rooted up. In other words, that you get your nourishment from your roots. It's time for the body of Christ to stop getting their nourishment from podcasts and stop getting their nourishment from life coaches and return back to the Bible and return back to the word of God and get your nourishment from Jesus. You can have a church full of folks and many influencers pontificating and all you have is a room full of ignorance feeding your ignorance. Because Jesus said, how can the blind lead the blind unless they both fall in a ditch? Everybody has an opinion, but there is only one word of God. And that is what we preach. Him we preach and nothing else. It's okay. Philosophy is not bad. The by thinking for yourself is not bad, but what is the problem is many times we take those things and we put them in the place of the word of God. And he says this in verse 8 of Colossians chapter 2. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human traditions, according to the elemental spirit. Some theologians mean that, that they, they think that that means that there's spiritual warfare going behind the scenes of 
the world and not according to Christ. See, even in Paul's day, he had that problem that he was preaching the gospel and other people were coming back adding other things to it. They were preaching in Paul's day. They were preaching. The Judaizers were preaching that you have to follow the law. And there was also this thing called Gnosticism or, or, or secret knowledge that they were following. Very similar to New Age thought today where people are into everything. They're into astrology. They're into all these other things except the Bible. And the only place you're going to find real truth is in the word of God. And I've come to tell you that that's not by an accident that the enemy has designed this so that that people will be distracted and leave the true word of God. They are not getting the word. They are getting a placebo. Many times they are not getting the word. They are getting a life coach of how to get your life together. They are not getting the word. They are getting a counselor. And those things are good in their place. But when you stand behind this pulpit, when you stand in this sacred desk, the only thing that should be preached is the unadulterated word of God. Because the grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of God will stand forever. He says, I don't want you to get caught up by all these dumb people who think they're smart. My grandmother used to have a saying. She called it an educated fool. And my brother would say, you know what? You're so smart. You're stupid. You read so many books, and yet you're still nowhere in life. You know why? Because you think everything is a source of inspiration except for God. You're so smart that you can get a college degree and a master's degree, but your life is falling all apart. You don't have the sense God gave a billy goat. You know why? Because it don't have anything to do with how intelligent you are. If you don't have enough sense to crack open the Bible and read the word of God and apply it to your life. Amen. Pastor, that's mean, but it's still true. I love you. You love me. The reason that many people's lives aren't changing is because they are following a puppet king. They're not following the real Jesus. Paul says this of Jesus in Colossians chapter 2, verses 9. And, and people say, well, there are many ways to God. I want to know how to get to God. You follow Jesus. What did that say on the screen? What did it say? For in him, the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily. Now, most times you will see that translation, the Godhead. In other words, if you want to know God, know Jesus. Everything about God is Jesus wrapped in flesh. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the same was in the beginning with God and the word came down and became flesh and dwelt among men you want to know a way to God get on your knees and meet Jesus Well, there are other ways to God. Well, then you're calling Jesus a liar because John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No man comes to the Father. In other words, no man gets to God except by me. There is no, I know it's offensive, but it's the truth. There is no other way to heaven but by through Jesus Christ. Well, I don't like that. That's offensive. I didn't make it. Talk to God about it. It's his plan. It's not my plan. And I'm glad it's not my plan because sometimes, although my plans have a good success rate, sometimes my plans fail, y'all. But I'm glad God had a plan that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. 
It is the foolishness of preaching. I like how Paul would tell his members of the churches that he wrote. He said, I come not to you with fancy words and excellency of speech that the word of God be of none effect. In other words, I didn't come here to do six and seven syllable words and talk about all sorts of other things so I can prove to you how smart I am. That, that glorifies me. But I serve a God that all I have to do is speak a simple word and the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit can tell out stronghold and people's lives and change mindset and turn the world upside down. When you read in Acts and Peter began to preach, Peter didn't use a bunch of things that we use. He didn't use a lot of illustrations like we use. Peter didn't have screens and Peter didn't have Brother Bob to come put doors in the middle of the pulpit like I do and do all those things to help get them. He just said, repent and believe on the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And in that power of him relying on the Holy Ghost, the Bible said that 3,000 souls gave their life to God. Because he was depending on the real king. Hallelujah. He says, and you have been filled with him who is the head of all rule and authority. You have spiritual insight. You have power that you don't know you have. Because once you've been filled with Jesus, you have power. The Bible says, and you shall receive power. After that, that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I want you to know right now, if you don't have it, you need the Holy Spirit working in your life today. If you're not saved, you need to be saved today. Because there is no name under heaven and earth where any man shall be saved except the Jesus. In him, Paul says, also were you circumcised with a circumcision made without hand, putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. What is circumcision? Circumcision is a removal of flesh that is unnecessary. A removal of flesh that allows dead things and nasty things to hide. A removal of flesh that allows sickness and disease to get inside. That's what circumcision is. And it's the same in the spirit that we're allowing things in our heart that shouldn't be in our heart. We're allowing mindsets and philosophies in our mind that should not be there. And slowly the enemy has begun to pervert us and some of the things that hurt the heart of God are the very things that Christians are numb to. Why? Because we are starting to serve a puppet king. We're not serving the God of the Bible in many Christian churches. Why are you preaching this? Because I want somebody to hear this. And I want you to be on alert that everything you see on TV, you can't count as sound doctrine. They're on TV and they're famous. That just means they have a lot of people following them and they have a budget. That does not mean that they're preaching sound doctrine. Some of them are, but you need to open up your Bible. The be a Berean. The Bible says that Paul liked the Bereans because they tested him. They didn't just sit and listen to him and say whatever he said is the truth. They cracked open their Bible and said, Lord, I want to see it for myself. Somebody say, I want to see it for myself. I don't want you to just listen to me at this sermon. Go back and get it off of YouTube or Facebook or the website, wherever you get it. Crack open your Bible and see if I'm telling the truth. Don't just believe me because I'm a human and a mortal. Trust the word of God. See it for yourself. Know it for yourself. 
I love it. He said that when Christ, he brought you into the fold, he pulled that flesh off of you. He circumcised your heart and he canceled the record of debt that stood against all of us and his legal demands. And he set it aside, nailing it to his cross. He disarmed spiritual warfare. Everybody says spiritual warfare. See, spiritual warfare was done at the cross. Verse 15 said, he disarmed rulers and authorities. That, that word there, if you know what the Bible is talking about, is not talking about earthly rulers and authorities, but it is talking about spiritual authority. It is talking about demonic presence. I can go into the Greek and show you that, but I'll show you a little easier. We said, for we wrestle not against flesh and what? blood, but against powers and principalities, the rulers of spiritual wickedness and high places. What does that mean? That there, whether you know it or not, there is a spiritual battle going on and Christ disarmed them by dying on the cross and he triumphed over them. But I like what Paul said and this just had me arrested for so long. I've read this over and over and over again because what we need to know is Paul looked at the people that were in Corinth and he said I love you when I come to you I don't want to have to fuss at you I don't want to have to be negative but I want you to repent on your own I want you to be careful he said I wish you would bear with me a little while in my foolishness why did he say that because the previous chapter Paul had established the church and other people had came in and put all their philosophies and all their thought processes they had added to the gospel they had taken away from the gospel and Paul had to reestablish his authority and he said, that's foolishness to me. I really don't want to build up myself, but I need to tell you who I am. I am the man who's from the tribe of Benjamin, a Pharisee, a Pharisee, that I am under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And although I have to go and show you these things, because obviously you don't believe me, I want you to listen to me. Why am I telling you all that? Because I need you to realize that what I'm telling you is true. Verse 2 of 2 Corinthians 11 it says, I feel a divine jealousy for you since you were betrothed to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. In other words, I'm jealous because you, I, I married you to Christ. I introduced you to Jesus. You were following Jesus. Now you're following your favorite YouTube preacher. You were following your pastors across America and the small, normal churches of America. And your pastor was laboring 40 hours a week or eight hours a week to make one sermon to come get for you. And you barely come to church. I'm not talking to this church. I'm you here. But you barely come to church. And with your church, you don't listen. And you never listen to the pastor's sermon again. But you share the famous preacher's sermon. And it's laced with heresy. And you don't know it because you won't listen. If you listen, the person that God set over your soul locally will be able to tell you that that was heresy. There are many things that are being taught in the church that are not biblical. Some of them are not heresy. They're just differences of opinion. But there are some things that are taught in the churches today that are just downright dangerous. There are some doctrines that are taught in the church that are downright 
dangerous. I, I, was, I went through TikTok. To, I was going to upload some content to TikTok. And I heard this preacher saying that, you know, the problem with the church is that I, I, I affirm this and I affirm that. And the problem with the church is, is that you, you, you got to, in order to follow God, you got to disconnect from the Bible because the Bible was written by men. So I don't follow everything in the Bible. You don't have to follow everything in the Bible to be followed with God. And don't you know thousands, tens of thousands of people are following this dummy? Yeah, I said it on purpose. Why? Because we have left sound doctrine. Paul said, I married you as a virgin, pure to Jesus Christ. I gave you the right path. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. He said, now I'm jealous because you had the pure gospel. But verse 3 said, but I am afraid that as the serpent was deceived by Eve by his cunning. In other words, he got her distracted enough to get her off of her purpose. Your thoughts may be led astray from a sincere and a pure devotion to God. You see that? Let's read that together. Verse 3. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Satan uses all sorts of stuff to get you away. I want to speak to somebody who's listening online who may be at a small church and you want more people your age or your age group. If you're 50 or 60 or 30 and you say, I need more people. No, what you need is the church where the Bible is being taught. It doesn't matter how old the people are if you're the only person in that demographic. What matters is that you are getting the pure, unadulterated word of God. It doesn't matter if they have programs for your kids. It doesn't matter if they have jump jumps outside. And yes, but pastor, don't we do all that stuff? Yes, we do. But that's ancillary. The only thing that matters is are they preaching the truth of God's word. He says, I don't want you to be led astray that your devotion become unpure. Y'all see it on the screen? How? Because Satan doesn't have any new tricks. He works in distractions. He slowly and subtly slides in like a serpent. He deceived Eve by his cunning. You are not smarter than the devil. You can't use philosophy and try to find God because the devil has been around for a long time. The, even Jesus, who was God himself, looked at him and said, it is written. Everybody say, it is written. You can't say it is written until you can say it is read. Say that after me. Say that with me. You cannot say it is written until you say it is read. That's why a lot of people, good God Almighty, that's why a lot of people can't fight in the spirit because they don't know what's written because there's never been read. You need time in your word. Hallelujah. You can't say that it's been written when your marriage is in trouble and how do I fix my marriage? You can't say it is written because you can't say it's been read. When sickness gets in your body, you don't know about divine healing many times. Why? You can't say it's written because it's never been read. If you want power from God, you need to get the word of God down in you. David said, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. 
there's power in the word of God. It doesn't matter how loud I get or how soft I get. I can be as quiet as a church mouth. The power isn't in me. All my loudness does is make sure you can't fall asleep in church. But the power is in the word of God. Oh, I look for a church. That is, uh, that is hungry for the word of God. <laughs> that the praise team is okay, but I didn't come for the praise team. I came for the word. It's good to see people that I haven't seen all week, but I came for the word of God. Yeah. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light into my path. I've learned how to say it's written because when you ask me, baby, it's been read. Oh, Jesus. He says, I'm afraid that the serpent wants to deceive you and take away your devotion to Christ. In other words, make you walk away from the faith. Make you deconstruct your faith. Why? Because you haven't stayed close to sound doctrine. Because the Jesus you're serving isn't a real Jesus at all. Oh, how, how hurtful would it be to realize and live all your life in a church following where everybody else was following and the church was full and set on fire and people felt great to get up there and say, God, I did these mighty, magical, magical mighty works in your name. He said, depart from me. I know you not. How could that happen? Because many people are proclaiming and many people are following. As Paul said, that's where the title Puppet King comes from. Verse 4 says, let's read it together. Verse 4, 2 Corinthians 11 and 4. I'm almost done. What does it say? For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus. Stop. Wait right there. You mean there are people talking about other Jesuses? Yeah. <laughs> there are other Jesuses in the church. You can leave that up. You can take it off the live stream, but you can leave that up. I want you to see that because I want to talk to you about this other Jesus. Uh, so many of us are, are, are well aware of another Jesus. This is the Jesus that doesn't rebuke sin. He affirms sin. See, in the New Testament, Jesus looked at the woman in adultery and he tell, said, Who, he that was without sin cast the first stone. And, and, and another Jesus would just stop there. Don't judge me. But they didn't forget that the real Jesus said, I saved you this time, but go and sin no more. <laughs> another Jesus. I won't even give him that name. I call him another. Everybody say another Jesus. Another Jesus that is preached looks the other way and he ignores certain things. And if this just hits you, it hits you because I already wrote it down. I don't know your business, but this is what another Jesus does. He ignores cohabitation. He ignores shacking up together. He ignores premarital sex. He ignores lustful sins. He ignores pride. He ignores narcissism. He ignores jealousy. He ignores drug use. As a matter of fact, another Jesus doesn't just ignore it. He promotes it and says, if you do it, it's okay. All of us are unperfect anyway. All of us are sin and come short of the glory of God. That's not what the real Jesus said. He told Paul that to let people know that the gospel was available because all had sinned and fallen short. So no matter where you fell, he could pick you up. It was never meant for an excuse to do whatever you wanted to do and live in a kind of way you wanted to live. Because none but the righteous shall see God. 
Everybody said that's another Jesus. He is the Jesus that bends the compass of truth and morality with the winds of popular culture. He is the one that will put up flags that aren't Christian flags outside of that church and say love wins and redefine love. That's another Jesus. I tell you what, the real Jesus puts up his flag. It's called the cross of Jesus Christ. And it says, come unto me that are all weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. That you can't come to me and stay the way you are he says repent and believe and be baptized for the remission of your sin believe on faith in Jesus Christ you cannot follow Jesus and follow another Jesus too you can't live a life of consistent sin everybody sins the Bible says that we say we have sin do not sin we lie everybody sins but there's a difference between sinning and living in sin when you're living in it and you're doing it and you don't feel convicted about it if you can sin and it doesn't bother you I need you to do what Paul told the Corinthian church you need to examine yourself to see whether or not you be in the faith. You can't love Jesus like you say you love him and live any kind of old way. Those who love Jesus when they do wrong, you can see the pain on their face. You can see the conviction on their face. It's not condemnation because they're not going to hell, but you can see that they're upset that they have done wrong and they have crucified afresh the Lord Jesus. Not condemnation, but conviction. They're two different things. Condemnation says your soul is lost. Conviction says I got to do better. Another Jesus is the Jesus who allows us to live however we want without fear of discipline, without expectation of repentance, or a loving community of restoration. Another Jesus said, if those mean church people at the church try to judge you and tell you the way you're living is wrong, just go find another church where I, another Jesus, can tell you you can live however you want to and get to heaven. And of course they're right because it's filled with people. But I've come to tell you this. The Bible says broad is the way that leads to destruction and many there'll be that find it. But but narrow is the way that leads to God and few there be that find it. If you want to find the way to God, go down the road that nobody else is traveling and you will find him. There's an old song that when I grew up, it says, Jesus is the man I want to see. I wonder where is he. Go down and search among the poor. Perhaps you will find him there. It says this, he wears salvation upon his brow. He carries wounded hands. Jesus is not in smoke. Jesus is not in lights. Jesus is in and is the word of God. Oh, Jesus, I don't want to serve a puppet king. I don't want to serve a puppet Jesus. See, this Jesus, this king is, is promoted by many pulpits, a king that never disagrees with our thought process, that never disagrees with our agenda or our worldview. He is a God that we have fashioned with our own hands. Back in the day, we would were, we were talk about idol worship, and we re didn't realize that you can make an idol without ever using your hands. You can make an idol in your mind. You can construct a Jesus in your mind that tells you you can live how you want to live. You can do what you want to do as long as you're a good person, as long as you're nice to people. But that is not the gospel. 
if any man will come after me, he must what? First deny himself. See, another Jesus says, who are they to tell you, do what you will, be yourself, live out your own truth. This is your truth and this is your truth. And the, but the real Jesus said, thy word is truth. When you follow a real Jesus, you don't run for the crowds. You run for your assignment. Oh, Jesus. That sometimes Jesus will put you in a small church or a medium-sized church, but he puts you around people who can hold you accountable. He puts you around people that will tell you the truth. And when you're out of line, that will give you loving discipline. And if you're really one of his, you don't run from church to church every time you receive discipline. I, that's why you, you need to be careful of always wanting your church to grow. Because a lot of times churches are not growing, they're swelling. They're just swapping member for member. This one got mad at what the pastor said, so they're coming over here today. And as soon as they get mad at what you say, they're going there the, tomorrow. I'm not looking for goats, I'm looking for sheep. They want to be taught. That want to love Jesus. That have struggles and deal with drugs and deal with pornography and deal with all sorts of ungodly things. But they're not happy where they are. And they're looking for something better. They're looking for a king that will rule them instead of a king that they can rule. I don't want a God that I can tell what to do. I don't want a God that agrees with me all the time. Because then that means I'm God and he's not. I want a God that pulls my coattails and says, when you were talking to your wife, you could have did that a little bit better. When you were doing this, you could have did that a little bit better. When you handled those people in traffic, you should have waved your whole hand instead of just one finger. I don't do that. But some, I'm saying that for somebody else. That's not me. I don't want no trouble. I don't want people shooting at me in Detroit. They're crazy. I wouldn't try that. But this is what I want. I want a God who I can serve. I want a real king. How do we combat this? I'm running out of time. I'm going to give you three things. Pull up that number one on the screen. Hi, that, that's number two. Pull up the screen with just the one on it, if you could, if you don't mind. Right there, what does it say? <clears throat> Return to the truth and the simplicity of the gospel. Return to the truth and the simplicity of the gospel. It's not complicated. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus for your remission of your sins and you shall be saved. You are saved by grace through faith. Nothing you can do can save you except trusting on Jesus Christ and him alone. And then once you've done that, you need to be crucified with him. You need to mortify the deeds of the flesh. He died for you, so you need to live for him. Write those scriptures down. If you want them, we'll post them or put them up somewhere so you can get them. I'm not going to read them all. But I like Malachi 3 and 7. It says, from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. But then he says this, return to me and I will, read that with me. Start a return. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. He's not going to run after you. He'll chase the sheep, but he won't chase the son. You notice in the parable of the lost sheep, he went around to find those lost sheep. 
But once they knew the truth and they were in the house and the son left the house, the father never went to go look for him in Luke 15. He only went running toward the son when the son came back to him. He's waiting on you. But if you leave him, he's not going to chase you down. He loves you. He wants you to accept him. Zechariah 1, 2 through 3 says, Therefore say unto them, Thus declared the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you. You see it again from a different prophet. Revelation chapter 2, verse 3 through 5 says this, But I have, have this against you. If you got that, let's read that together. Revelation chapter 2, verses 3. Pull up verse 3, guys. They're, they're working back there. They're doing good. I didn't give them all this, but they're going. I'll I read that part. He says this. He says, But I have this. Read it with me, guys. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake. But I have this against you. that They were having a little trouble. That's okay. Let's try it again. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake. And you have not grown weary. But I have this against you. That you have abandoned the love you had at first. Verse 5. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent. And do the works you did at first. If I, if not, I will come to you and remove your life lampstand unless you repent. What does that mean? What is he saying to this church? If you understand revelations, revelations, the lampstand is representative of commissioning. What does commissioning mean? You ever seen those people take those big bottles and they hit the, hit the side of, of a ship before the ship goes in the water? What they are literally saying is this ship is hereby official and commissioned for service. It's good for service. You can go on this boat. But after a while, the ship gets old and raggedy and no more good for service. And so they decommissioned it and say you are no longer good and seafaring. So in in other words, you look like a ship, but you can no longer perform like a ship. So I'm going to pull your function. You look like a ship, you act like a ship, but you are no longer a ship. And what Jesus was using for those lampstands, those lampstands represented a church. And he said, I saw the good things you did, but you left your first love. And I'm giving you a gentle warning that you can return to me. But if you don't, you're going to look like a church and you're going to act like a church, but you'll no longer be a church because I'm going to take your lampstand. I'm going to decommission you because you're not following me. You're following another Jesus. <laughs> this is good, y'all. Is this helping anybody today? That's why it's important to get into the word of God. Bible study is not just so you can build up your knowledge. Bible study is spiritual warfare. Bible study is defense. Bible study is me learning the word of God so that I don't get tricked by the deceits of the enemy. Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Pull up number two. They're ready to go, guys. Pull up number two. <laughs> Hallelujah. What does number two say? Identify false doctrine and extricate God's people from dangerous ideas born from misguided thought leaders. I, I, I put up what extricate means. So somebody will say, what does extricate mean? Extricate means to set free. You learned a new word today. We'll write it down and use it somewhere. <laughs> People don't think your vocabulary is big. Identify false doctrine. Know what's real. You know when you go through training to find out if you have a counterfeit bill, you know how they figure it out. They don't show you a bunch of different bills to find out how to fake 
They just make you learn the real one inside and out. And if you know the real one inside and out, when the false one shows up, you will immediately know it. The reason a lot of Christians are getting tricked today by what smart people say and, and charismatic preachers and charismatic teachers say is because they don't really know what the Bible really says. I'm going to put him on the spot. Brandon and I were talking one day, and we went through some things in the Bible. And, and, and can, I, can I talk about this a little bit? And, and Brandon had been in church a long time. And as I, and some of the stuff that he thought the Bible said, and we began to read the Bible, go through it, he realized that it said something a lot different than what he what thought it said. He's not the exception. He's the norm. There are many people coming in church just get, soaking up good worship, soaking up a good motivational speech, and they don't go home and study on their own and they're getting beat up in spiritual warfare because the word has the answers for what you need. If the Bible says he's given us everything as it pertains to life and godliness. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We need to tear it down. What does 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says? You don't have to put it up. It says that we cast down every thought and every high thing and vain imagination which holds itself up against the knowledge of God. And we bring into captivity those thoughts to the obedience of Christ. In other words, you can't control, as one theologian said, you can't control the birds flying over your head. But you can control them from making a nest in your hair. You're going to be exposed to false doctrine. But you are charged and you are responsible to open your Bible. Don't just sit there on the couch and watch TV and believe everything you hear. Open up your Bible and see if it's true. Thought life is positive, but elevating your thoughts over God's is dangerous. Number three, and we out here, God. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Read that with me. What did it say? We must examine ourselves, guard our hearts, and test our worldview against the straight edge of scripture. See your worldview, how you how I see the world determines if I have these on. It determines on if Brother Bob is fuzzy or if he's clear. See, you can look at the same thing and not see what's right because of how your lenses are. If you've been abused and God had never healed that abuse. You look at everybody as an abuser. If you've been attacked, you look at everybody as an attacker. If you live the life of sin and everybody around you has been fake, everybody you see to you is fake. Put the lenses of the Bible on. And you can see straight. You can see straight. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, guard your heart, guard your mind, your will, and your emotions. Because if out of it flows the issues of life. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's talking about the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions. It's not talking about this thing beating here. It's this thing that's beating in your spirit, your heart, your mind, will, and emotions. In other words, be careful what you let go in your ears and your eyes because it determines how you think. And how you think, think determines how you act. We need to guard our hearts today. First Timothy talks about people having their conscience seared because they've been exposed so long they didn't care about right doctrine and they led other people astray. I don't want to lead anybody astray because if your life is going to change, it's going to change because you have a love 
for the word of God. It's funny how God does this. I, I Thank you, Holy Spirit. I didn't intend for these to match up. I wanted to bring these another day, but somebody uh, hadn't sent them to me, and they sent them to me, and now I know why. Here's your opportunity to learn the word of God. 90 days to read the New Testament. To arm yourself. You'll be able to say it's been written. Because you can say it's been read. Therefore you will not follow a puppet king. But you will follow the real true king. The one who died for your sins. Who saved you by grace through faith. Who seated you with him in heavenly places and gave you spiritual authorities. He who led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Who overturned the powers of death, hell, and the grave. And sits at the right hand of the Father. Who loves you and is passionately in love with you. And only seeks to have you and is heartbroken when we allow the enemy to put up a false imitation of him. Who seeks to deceive us. Pastor, you saying stop watching TV and televangelists? No. Because there may be some good preachers on TV. But what I'm saying is. Open up your Bible. Stop worrying about everybody's opinion. And start worrying about the opinion of God. You can stand. It says, now the spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. Ooh, let's just read that, read that together as we get ready to leave and Brother Dave comes up. What does it say? Now the spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. He's talking about Christians. Verse 2. Through the insincerity, come on, brother Day. Through the insincerity of lies, whose conscience are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Go ahead and put up verse four. Y'all are already there, guys. I got a media team that's that's good. They're better than me. If you have it, if you don't, you don't have to. Let's read it. For everything God created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it's to be received with thanksgiving. In other words, don't allow people's religious superstitions to bind you up. You know, there's some people, not in this church, because y'all used to me by now, that will have an absolute heart attack because I'm preaching and I don't have on a suit and tie. Those are the traditions of men. It's all throughout the church. That's personal preference. Jesus never owned a tie. He wore a robe. And we will kill people with letter. The letter kills, but the spirit gives. As Brother Dave comes today, I challenge you. I'm going to hand these to, to my deacons, Brother Bob and Brother Lamarck, if they'll pass those out at the door to those who want to get them out. Today, I want us to just pray quickly for a devotion to God as they play some soft music.
and we get we prepare to leave. And if you're listening to me online, if they're still playing the online, return to your first love. Return to Jesus. Let this be a challenge to learn him the way that you know you need to learn him. How many of us can be honest? We don't study our Bible like we need to study it. We don't study our word like we need to. You're leaving yourself defenseless for the enemy. True spiritual warfare is to be able to say it's been written because it's been read. Clap your hands and give God praise all over the building. Brother David.